0: Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar, and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast, where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty
1: trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please Please
0: tune in to the Trade Addicts Podcast. Thank you, and enjoy your podcast.
1: Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds all at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. They
2: and to the bone, no doubt about it.
0: Sometimes I grab my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat. When the math's not adding up, you said I'm checking it out. I'm just finally Welcome to the crowd. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at P.A. Howardy on Twitter. We're a member of the DLF family of podcasts Some other stuff. I've been putting in a lot of work on our YouTubes, trying to to put a little little thing out there, get us, uh, I guess, off or still on Twitter, but also on YouTube. It's fun to have a video to post when people ask me questions instead of a link to a long, dry, boring Twitter thread or an article. Videos have been helpful that way. And so I've been pushing that content now. That's my excuse this week why I'm a little late. And um, but I did finally edit some of um, my three-hour conversation with Zach Reed about rookies for the 2021 season for the podcast. So I've got it ready. We're going to talk the top tier of running backs that we're really interested in, also the top tier of wide receivers that we're really interested in. I'm um, dropping it here on the crossroads. I um, hope you really enjoy it. The ending just kind of comes out of nowhere because Zach finishes talking about the Rashad Bateman. And uh, then go straight to the end because I couldn't find a good transition. But other than that, I, I think I, you know, I mostly nailed it. Mo- mostly it's awesome, you know. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, again, the video's available on YouTube. Three-hour conversation with uh, me and Zach where we delved into some pretty deep names. Um, but here's a summary at the top of the class, at, at least where we're at right now. And, uh, yeah, had a great time talking to Zach from the Dynasty Dummies podcast. Be sure to check him out if you haven't already, and uh, thanks again for checking out the Crossroads. Now let's go see what Zach has to say about these rookies and why he hates them. Obviously,
1: hey, hey Zach, Peter, how are you? I am good. Yourself? Oh, fantastic! Are you dressed? Zach. Are you decent now? Great. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I, I threw on my Bull Rush, my Bull Rush uh, T-shirt. I, I thought that right. they, you know, you had the open bar on. I might as well go Bull Rush. We'll represent. Uh, pods that are way better than ours and call it good that's fair i
0: actually just watched a video um i'm gonna have to look at the channel now because he's just started his youtube channel he's in our community but he's doing videos on how to do lighting and videos and what i learned in that 10 minutes was i do everything wrong that's why i (laughs) look like this
1: is all terrible
0: apparently it's just I turn i click go and uh this is where we're at but i did learn a lot I gotta look up that channel, guys, because you really gotta follow it. He's a cool guy offering information. If you want to start doing this kind of stuff, I wish I had found his channel before I before I started, put it that way. Um, but yeah, before we got on screen, because no matter how I schedule it, we always end up having an interesting conversation before um, we actually start having our conversation, whether it's on the podcast or here. I always click to go live or record early enough. Um, but yeah, we were talking about you know how basically we're the only ones with good processes and all these <laughs> kids jumping in need to get better process. They need to get good, kid, because they, they're not it. No, um, <laughs> but we were talking about how we developed our, our way, started to develop, because it's something hopefully that you continually work on, continually get better. Because the one thing I know is how many things I've got wrong. And the one thing I spend most of my time doing is staring like a scared scared little bunny rabbit, or every player I've got wrong, whether they were better or worse than I thought they were going to be, just hoping to find some extra information. I I rarely find anything, but I do get a better understanding of at least what they were in college, and I hope... It, 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 at least humble was me. I'm wait. I'm waiting for anything to humble me. Frankly, I'm so good. <laughs> but um, when I'm looking at a new class, and the 2021 class is an interesting one, as far as I can tell, just don't draft any of the running backs. They all suck, especially Najee Harris, obviously. And um, and just draft like Mac Jones. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm at. But um, what kind of class do you think this is? Strong one. It feels like a letdown year, right? 2020 was so good you expect the next one to be terrible right but there are well, there's a lot of good profiles man
1: it's it's what i've been saying now since since i started in on the in on the tape is you know everybody was saying that this was like part 2 uh, of of 2020 like you know you you had the godfather you 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 got kind of warmed up and then you had the godfather 2 and you're like you know this is this is great Coming into this, uh, looking at what I've got uh, for prospects, I don't love it as much. I think that I think that there are some strong receivers. There are a couple running backs that you know I will be fine, but it's not. It's not like twenty twenty was. Uh, you know, we, you made fun of me last year when I came on and said twenty twenty was fantastic. And it's it's a good bet, man. It's a good bet to my damn (laughs) rookie. I mean, but, but this year, this year, I don't have, well, I sent you the, the, or tweeted at you um, that list because, because I got thinking about, you had a show, I don't know, it was two or three episodes ago, two or three shows ago, where you talked about you know, your your hits and misses and where guys ranked within you know the from from 2014 to now and and so I went back and took a look at my film notes and did the same thing and there is not a player in this class uh that was in the top five for for or six for running back so that there, there's none of that there's not an elite elite runner it's it's not the Saquon Barkley it's not Christian McCaffrey it's not Dalvin Cook um I it's just it's not the class that everybody had 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 kind of built us up for
0: yeah I was gonna say obviously I'm always right that's basically what you were saying right (laughs) now exactly Um... No, you do try and improve, um, and but unfortunately, the the player that's on my mind, and I've literally got a forty minute YouTube video ready to go. I think it's too big for me to upload about Terrence Marshall this year. Just desperately trying to explain that that, that when I say he's underproductive, I like I mean going through it six seven ways. I, I, I don't know, but I do know I'm wrong a lot. Most anyone who's being any kind of honest knows they get. Sh- Stuff wrong a lot. (laughs) They get shit wrong a lot. Okay, they just do, and and so if he's good, I don't want to not draft him, and I don't want to just rely on draft capital. I want to know before it turns out right. And so it is hard, but there's no way you can do this and actually try to establish a process without coming to some realization that sometimes the things you have to use to make decisions are going to fail you, and just looking for the exceptions before they happen can drive you mad. But yeah. that's what we do. That's, that's the that's thing, whatever whatever this is. Hey Bob. Game well. I do want to talk about game world. do you want to start with a position or a particular player I, you want to because I you know me, I'm gonna random rave about every player, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got one you're
1: actually passionate about, it might be a better I can go I can go, cut go through where, the chef way. I can go wherever, Peter. I, I am you know I, I am with you. <laughs> hey, you, you are you are my Sherpa, I will follow. Yeah, it's, I'm specifically
0: talking about you, Bob. Always, actually, that's actually <laughs> I'm just always talking. About. But no, um, you were part of one of the conversations I've had uh, with Marshall. But I think I figured some reason or understood some of the love for him a little bit more. I can't say still compares well to past prospects still, but um, I think Gamewells is an interesting one. So I was talking, uh, I was listening. I really try not to until I've got a pretty good idea of what I think of players. But I was listening to you and J. Mike Check, which is pretty much an uh, irresistible duo <laughs> on the Dynasty Dummy podcast, talk about players. And you were both saying how much you hated Kenny Gamewell. And I just want to defend him <laughs> a little bit. Because I think it's a little hard. You know, I think it's a little harsh. I think... <laughs> but no, what, uh, let's start there. It's the only name anyone's mentioned. So Kenny Gamewell, Kenneth Gamewell, as Ray GQ from the Dynasty Dummy podcast calls him because he's fancy and got money and stuff so it's Kenneth i guess that's why ray i just keep throwing shade at ray i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna get him I, i'm gonna make him respond to me on something somewhere and that's my new one but yeah and um, kenny kenny or kenneth gainwell what do you think of him
1: I, I i love uh kenny gainwell he's right now uh film film grade wise is my third running back off the board uh, he the only the only question and we've well, you know, if you listen to the dummies, you know the only question is he's small. He's he's just not a big guy. I've got him listed at 191. J. Mike had him at 182. Neither of those are instilling any confidence uh in in me. And if if he's going to be if you're gonna take him that highly, he's got to be a multi-down back he's got to be a guy who gets carries and and somebody who who gets targets and as an undersized back it's really tough to see and 191 pounds is not gonna is not gonna cut it in in the nfl and even if he could be successful you know the nfl they're gonna look at him and say "Nah, you're too small i mean that's just they they don't if you don't look like something that they've seen before. They're not betting on it, and and
0: no, I'm I'm just waiting for you to say how much you hate Giovanni Bernard and Philip Lindsay, <laughs> and I you, love, know,
1: you know, i Tariq
0: Cohen and, never had a good season, and, and the, that guy in England, New England, was trash, and it was the, just a mirage. <laughs> but, but,
1: but but you wouldn't take them. So like, Barry Sanders again, sucks. <laughs> I, I, but you but you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have taken them in the Wow well, Sanders maybe a little bit you're reaching there peter but but like the the 51 receptions last you know last year the fact that gainwell is fantastic in the middle even though he's undersized the fact that he can break tackles and elude tackles um he's got he's got real good contact balance he's got that ability and and i talked with j mike about that but he does a, a kind of contorts his his upper body to create glancing blows which means he can keep running even if he's being hit uh all of those things you love plus he's got that ability as a space back and and again man if he's if he if he is a little heavier if he comes in at 200 pounds then he's going to be he could be my running back one like i i like what his skill set is that much um no, I'm actually with you in that I don't know his. I don't. I'm not going
0: to insert pro day numbers into my day. I'm not going to sully it with pro day numbers, okay? Because I like the even comparisons. But I, I get that he's a smaller guy. Like 60% of Naheem's y- yards came from the rushing game. And that's one of the comps I have for Kenny Gamewell's overall profile. I think yep. it's around 70%, 71% came from the rushing game for Gamewell. He's very much uh, like the average for players who do well in the NFL or top 12 is around 9% of your hedges coming from the receiving guard. That's not a predictive number. Just describe fairly well, yep. like the Zachary rule, whether you have 20 receptions or more in a season and what type of skill set you're displaying in college so what type of skill set a team might be drafting you for is the idea. And Kenny Gamow looks very much like a receiver. Interestingly enough, James White, who might be the most positive comp for the rough physical shape we're outlining here, 85% of his yards came from the rushing yard. He looks much more like just a regular three-down running back than yeah. most of these receivers. It's much more the Naheem Hines-type mold. What I would say is on, in the role that he was playing, Adjusted by his conference average and looking at the best stats, like he's the only one who really shows up like significantly high on the all-time list. He's got like, 1.8 yards above conference-adjusted weighted yards per team attempt, if you care to even track that metric, which <laughs> I do. But if you look at the best stat, giving extra value to the receiving game because we know it has extra value. And um, then adjusted by the conference he was playing in. So you look at their average and you see how far over or under it was. I don't go through standard deviation just in case there's any nerds out there because I'm an idiot. And I don't know how to do that. But I do look at how far over or under they were. And like it, top 10, top 12, I think all the time, Kenny Game was one season because he only really played one season and stepped into this role straight away. Well, he played two seasons and stepped into that role immediately, if I remember right, in that second season at age what was it 19 or 20 Um, and he's playing yeah 70 percent of his yards are coming from the rushing game which makes him more of a receiver and his total yards is 1.8 above conference average which again puts him on a pretty impressive list now with running back I don't care that he only played one season in the same way that I don't care and you should be for that just just in case you want to be against it because that's the reason Najee Harris looks good I don't have to say things like we do at wide receiver, like, why wasn't he the running back one for the first two years who was beating him <laughs> out? I actually don't even know the answer. I was meant to look it up, and I never did. Because running backs really about what you do when you get the role or if you can earn the role at all. Now, for me, Gamewell did, but he does show more inclination, at least in college for the receiving games. So any team that takes a shot on him has probably got that in mind as well. And frankly, for the running back position, unless you are just built different, and some pl- people, like a wide receiver, are just built different, but at running back, it's a little harder to be built different, because you've got to believe in the team investment, the team's got to believe in it, and, and then you have to stand up to a different type of physical workload, which wide receiver typically doesn't have to worry about as much, at least, and it's more about how their size relates to the skill set they have to display, which is, again, a more complex complicated calculation and one we don't have right with running back. It's a little more straightforward, but um, yeah, I see the ceiling you're worried about, but i got to say for this class only playing one season, it strikes me how much he's, it, there is something that stands out on his profile, which is not something I would say about even the best prospects yeah. in this class. Not that they're not going to be the best fantasy producers, but I'm, I was pretty impressed with Mr. Gamewell. And um, uh Kenneth Kenny, <laughs> wh- wh- whatever you want to call him, I-, I think he's really good. um And from there, we just see what the NFL makes of it, and that'll tell us more. But I would say, even with running back, like if a player stand, like I remember them, like and even if he right. gets undrafted or and ends up in the Seahawks behind four two hundred pounders, like that's a guy I'm gonna have my eye on. I'm gonna want to add if I've got the depth, just because it does stand out a player who does something that is good is good and so i want to keep my eye on it so unlike a few of these players that could fade like i almost forget them and um, like game one will stay in my mind like i i still have players from austin eckler's class that stay in my mind that have never done
1: anything to be clear
0: but um, right. just just a shout out like he's worth keeping an eye on even if he does get low draft capital or whatever I- else
1: I think that's the thing too with, with, and the difference between, to me, wide receiver and running backs when you're, when you're attacking rookie drafts, where if a, if a wide receiver doesn't get draft capital, it's a, it's a quite a climb to get back in because you're having to climb at least three or four people on the depth chart. Whereas a running back, if there's an injury in front of him, there's a chance that he can get it. I mean, it's, it's, the, the James Robinson this, this past year where there there was Fournette got shipped and, and there was an injury, and all of a sudden, you know, James Robinson can get in and, and do what he does. I see you've got a – Travis Etienne how about him? It, it was interesting. I, I listened to your, your show the other day where you talked about ETN and and uh, Najee Harrison, and it was funny because the, the things that you were saying about ETN being – more of a pass catcher and not as much of a traditional runner. It, like I'm pretty sure you watched the film on that. I don't think you've got that <laughs> all from numbers. I, I think you were, you were watching, but you know that's, me. that that's exactly it. Um, ETN is a, a space player, a guy that you can get on the edge. And if a defender takes a bad angle, you can't catch him. He's so fast. He's so quick up, up to speed. And, this past year he improved his pass catching so much. Uh before it was an absolute adventure every time the ball was thrown at him. Now he just looks afraid for his life until he catches it and then he can take off. But okay, you know, there's 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 progress. So I I did I, have a question listening to you two talking
0: about Etna. Are you the last time I remember someone describing the way they look, and you know me always grinding the film, so I've got so many <laughs> examples. It, Jeremy Hill is what kept coming to mind, no. and that's not a name you two mentioned. But long no. hit runner or Tevin Coleman—that like those are the two that come he, to mind when you describe those type of things.
1: And neither Col- of them Coleman. really worked out. That's my concern. Well, could, not from the closer, numbers, but from what you're saying. But but Coleman Coleman didn't work out though because of injury. Like he had he had a couple years where when he was not hurt he was he was taking chunk runs. But even even uh, even he He took
0: hill to be fair.
1: Yeah, but but even even well neither of them were, I would say the pass catcher that ETN is. And and that that to me is the and that's the the break that I had with Ronald Jones too, because Ronald Jones looks fantastic if you can get him in space and let him go in a straight line, but getting him out there is more difficult because he doesn't catch passes. Uh, I don't I don't know if like I, I don't know See, if this is my sh- like all the and again I'm
0: always grinding the tape so this is an authority <laughs> speaking, but like when I think great receiving back. Especially in the modern era, I think um, Kamara, I think McCaffrey, and none of that fits them.
2: No, like, no they're no, great
0: receivers. You don't need to get them in space. They just, they just can.
1: <laughs> but, but there are so no, but but that doesn't tier, match up
0: to my archetypes. I guess is he, the way of saying
1: it. No, but he's a, so he's a tier down from from that. But okay. to me, a player that has the receiving upside, I, I'm I'm much more interested in taking that swing on a guy with receiving upside than uh, a, a player who doesn't. Well, so take, for example, last year, uh, there were a lot of people in on A.J. Dillon. He had a great game and a half for the Packers this past year. Everyone compares him to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry just had the sixth greatest single season yeah. in mm. history. <laughs> okay, like rushing, and he finished third in PPR behind Kamara by 80 points. Yeah. 80. So, so he had, he had like, you know, you talk generational. This wasn't generational, this was historical, the sixth best rushing season in history. And he finished 80 points behind Kamara. He actually finished closer in points per game to Chris Carson than he did to Kamara. So, like, it to me, the the pass catching of ETN versus any of those other guys that you mentioned with, you know, with Jeremy Hill or, or Tevin Coleman or that, like, He's he's that type of runner, more close closer to to uh, Coleman than than Hill, but he, he's that like one cut like if you get him in his own scheme and and can get him, you know, a cut and gone. I I love that, but he's also got the pass catching upside. I mean, I, I've got him right now as my fourth running back uh, it, with with my film grade behind Gainwell behind Javante Williams and, and behind Najee Harris.
0: So he's a he's a better runner between the tackles, I guess, would be the, the official tape term than Hill or Coleman or on the same level, but also a better pass catcher.
1: He's like I said he's he's similar to Tevin Coleman. Look, Jeremy Hill to me was a was a grinder. Jeremy Hill, at least when I watched him, was a you know between the tackles he's going to get you 4 or 5 yards and if you get him a hole he can he can take off but at that point like i much preferred the the Gio Bernard to to Jeremy Hill even though Jeremy Hill was the guy carrying the ball because Gio was the pass catcher and so you knew he was always going to have a role i think it's similar the ETN has got that Tevin Coleman that that zone run that that ability to break a break a play at any time but he also has the ability to catch you know 30 or 40 balls and and to me that's if you're looking at a top 10 or or top 24 or whatever you're looking at for a running back 30 plus catches is where it's at you know is
0: that within this draft class though because i worry like etna oh. and i guess Najee harris who sucks and stand out in this class, at least for me a little bit as a different kind of different kind of profile um, more similar to the guys who we would want to draft highly. but like I worry that Etna looks good because there's no one else.
1: yeah oh, there's <laughs> there's certainly some of that. like so so for me, etn was behind Dobbins with with my film grades. So so etn last year we actually we actually uh, profiled him. Because we thought he was going to come out with the 2020 class, all right? And and we started, we were like a week too early. We jumped the gun, and they hadn't done all the declarations, and so we were like, "All right, Etn is going to going to declare." So we 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 talked about him. I had him graded out as my six back uh, last year. So so you're you're talking. He was behind all of the you know the the regular cast of characters, the Jonathan Taylor, the Swift. Uh, Dobbins, Akers, and Hilaire. And then it was ETN and Harris. So, you know, if, you, if you're looking at this class, I don't think that they are on the same level as the class that we just saw. Why would you be
0: behind, but someone mentioned Swift in the chat, actually. Um, why would you be behind Swift? Because one of the things that stood out to me last year was I believed it because I believe what people tell me, believe it or not, <laughs> believe, believe, believe. Um, but Swift was underproductive. He was less productive than most players that come from his conference and are successful. He had highlights, like a Kenny Gamewell stat line, things that stand out, which helped me believe. But like he was actually less good than other players from his team, from his conference, that have gone on to be successful in terms of all all the stats, pretty much. Which is why he actually had a significantly... He, like he was below that tier. He would come out under... Edney right. and um, Harris pre-draft, obviously he got draft capital and so on and so forth. But um, like I had concerns with him. So what does Edney do that's worse than Swift? I would guess.
1: So uh, Swift Swift was a much more natural pass catcher. I mean uh, he could he could go out and and run a wheel route and make a make a play over a shoulder, make a back shoulder catch. Like Etienne still is uh, it's is like watching a Stephen King movie in that one and a half seconds between the ball getting to him and him making the catch. He's still afraid of that, which means he's not processing what happens next. And I think that that's something that you see with with Swift where he was very, very good at being a pass catcher and transitioning back to a runner. And and that's something as a as a running back. That's where you get your yards after the catch. I mean, and it's the same thing with slot receivers. It's that it's that ability. It's like a being a punt returner. It's that quickness in short spaces. Uh, the other thing with Swift that I think is different than ETN, Swift looks like a scat or looked like a scat back coming out. Like he was five nine, but he was also. Uh, had the ability to like lay his shoulder into people and and break tackles that way, and I don't see that with with ETN. ETN is the speed guy. He's he's not he's not running you over. He's not making uh, you know dazzling lateral cuts to get open. And and I think that DeAndre Swift did. Swift was my second uh, back
0: coming out last year. Someone called NFL Draft Talker says I'm not listening to what you're saying. And I would have you know, I'm <laughs> professional fake listener. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I didn't hear a word of that. <laughs> no. uh, e- either of these two, like, typical draft order. And I know we're not really doing ranks. We're trying to understand what they are in comparison to the rest of the players in the class. But, like, normally you've got to draft running backs above wide receivers, typically. Yeah. Not the or at least that's what ADP says, and that's not where you're at, right? You no. will take wide receivers over these
1: running backs, even <laughs> with all
0: that top twelve potential you were just mentioning that I, I didn't listen to.
1: I, that was <laughs> well, that was Swift. We already drafted him. He was, we already had him in the in the top three last year. But uh, with with this class, I've got three wide receivers that I prefer to the running backs because when you know you you mentioned this. You called me out. I heard you a, a couple of shows ago where you were talking about and you got me wrong too because I, I, I use many people am man, I can't remember. I, I break ties toward running backs in, in rookie drafts. Like that's because I think that, that they tend to be the asset that matures quicker. You you know, you get production quicker, and right now, because everybody is in running back mode, people um are willing to trade for them. so you can you can flip a running back right now because everybody thinks they need to have running backs and get the second year or third year wide receiver although it's starting to shift you're starting to see the that pendulum back toward wide receivers. I think there's there's a saturation point with running backs there' just there aren't a ton of landing spots. Back to your original question. I think that there are three I think that there are three wide receivers that are better that are in a tier above any of the running backs in this class. Sorry, horrible, is that? Yeah, who <laughs> no, um who are those guys then? Yeah, the, the three the three receivers. I I think yeah. for me it's uh Rondell Moore is my one, uh, which people will poo-poo and say that I'm I'm hot taking. Jamar Chase is two. And Devonte Smith is three. I think those those three players are head and shoulders above uh, any of the running Devante receivers. Devonte Smith, you said. Yeah, that's the one. All right, yeah, we're gonna You're gonna that have that to one. scroll way down. Um, I, I I know. Yeah, no,
0: no, not that far. Just just a <laughs> while. Um <laughs> Rondo Moore's problem, if he has a problem, which he doesn't. But it, it said he played one season. Essentially, he didn't play enough after that. And especially once you test points or look at points per game and realize, oh, I would have valued players over Megatron in his own draft. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Then you just <laughs> stop doing it. Um But... Like what does he do better than Chase or how is he better at what he does more so than Chase that you have so much more hope for him than?
1: Well, and I don't think – like there's not a lot separating those two for me. Uh, I think that the, the top tier is is pretty close. Uh, but I do tend to break toward uh, wide receivers that I think can drive volume. So, So Chase is a lot more of a downfield player. He is more of your prototypical X wide receiver that can go out on the edge and, and go downfield. Rondell Moore is only 5'9", which is going to be the big question is he's a small guy, but he is a very, very quick operator out of the slot. He, uh, he kind of fits that new mold of, of NFL uh, passing attacks where – he can get off the line quick. He's well. He's so fast out of his breaks. He creates that separation. It's almost. It's almost that crossover. It's that Iverson, you know, plant on the outside and then cut away from a defender. Uh, see, Jake, I don't get the. I don't get the the Rager vibes with with. Uh, I do because they both Rondo really Moore. good in college. I get it. Yeah. And like it's a
0: rare it's instance. I agree with like they're both really good in college. I don't understand the shade. I don't understand why that would scare you. Oh no, he looks like a good player. <laughs> what the hell mean So, me?
1: so I think so. To <laughs> me, to me, regular was you had to scheme him open. Like he was, he was really good once he had the ball. I think that Rondell Moore creates enough separation for himself. That you're not worried about that. Uh, I think that you could see him be a really dynamic player from the slot, being able to work over the middle, being able to to catch the ball, and and you know make plays after he's got it, and also drive the volume. I mean, he should he should be at a point in his career where in two years you're seeing him catch hundred balls. And to me, in in fantasy football, where we're primarily PPR, that's the type of player that I want. And it's not shade at Jamar Chase. Like, I think Chase is fantastic and, and more prototypical, more like if you're talking Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones or that type of player, Jamar Chase looks a lot more like those guys than Rondell Moore does. I just think Rondell Moore is the player that is going to drive – more volume to him is going to give easier throws to a quarterback and, and therefore is the, the kind of player that I'm going to be looking for for my fantasy team. The nice thing about Moore, though, mm-hmm. is Chase is going to go in, in single quarterback leagues. Chase is going to go 101 or 102. Like he's going to be Rondell Moore. I think you're going to be able to get at. 108, 109, 110, 111. I think he's going to be that value. So two years ago, the value was A.J. Brown that you got down there. Last year, it was Justin Jefferson. You're getting 107, 108, 109. I think this year, that value is going to be Rondell Moore.
0: I'm not sure. Normally, the value, as I see, it, is T. Higgins, A.J. Brown. And it's because they're good, but they don't pop in some way. There's nothing to... <laughs> what's the uh, what's the word? The truth are over. Like with uh, Rondell Moore, the nerds get to you know, truther over his age of dust production. And so we're we're gonna push his ADP, you know. There's a nerd in every draft. And we we'll are like, breakout <laughs> age. Now, I've got some concerns in that the NFL literally typically doesn't spend more than a fifth-round pick from players from his conference. Right? No, they haven't spent more than a fifth-round pick as long as it's been called the West or whatever it is <laughs> um, since 2015, as far as I can tell. I also don't have a lot to compare him to. He has the best age-adjusted season of anyone really of the last several draft classes at age 18 when it's you know that's the first year so that's pretty cool unless you're Juju Smith-Schuster and you play when you're 17 because you're some kind of monster it, it, that's it and um, he broke both the 20 and the 30 percent thresholds arbitrary thresholds though, though they may be he literally trashed them so increase it I guess um but I don't have a lot to like I don't have a lot of players who did that and then didn't go on to play more so you could see if it's right. sustained normally if there's one good season it's the last season senior difference and I know what to do with that I don't know what to do with that when you do it first year but having said that like so it's a conference and the fact they didn't seem to play more and that's more to be fair and apply the process evenly because if you see them play more maybe you get more insight and maybe it's less negative but it's good to see that the tape backs it up and now it's i just say that from now on
1: tape says is good too I, i've got a question for you how how are you um kind of coping with 2020 with the with the call with, with the with the metrics because for me it's really strange although i'm getting you know six to six to eight to 10 to 12 games that I can kind of choose from. How do you do that with, with the, with the smaller sample size? Are you just kind of taking averages or what, like what's your. Um, I don't
0: use last season nearly as much as okay, other so players. I'm more interested in what they do when they don't have everything going for them. And that's when I think you <laughs> see most of their potential. Well, that's what seems to be true through right. past prospects that have a decent um, and actually played a decent man in college. And you learn the most about them when they're playing their first, second, and third seasons. So players like um, uh, Jamal Chase, who chose not to go back, I mean, I would like to have seen it, but I've already seen him be pretty much consistent with what good players do when they're in college from a good conference. So I don't really have many concerns. It actually concerns me most when players did play like 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 a terence marshall i hate to say it their stats may be adjusted up depending on yeah. who was missing when they were missing how much that had an effect on it but like i'm yet to hear much concern from someone who watched the games like all oh, that you haven't mentioned you know like they were playing against a second rate <laughs> defense because all the good talent was staying off of the covid list or anything so I'm, yeah. so, so i don't I haven't found much of a reason to adjust it. Now, there is some inflation in last, like 2020 stats in terms of overall production. So it does make me think, like we saw in the NFL, it actually served more to inflate production than decrease it, which hurts more when you're comparing them to past players than it does to compare them for themselves. And since rookie drafts are their own isolated event, mostly it's fair um or mostly it's not doing much to me at all but you know travis may calls me a heathen for a number of reasons <laughs> and i'm sure that's one of them so i'm assuming he calls me a heathen he's normally very nice to me in person i assume he turns the corner and just says nasty mean things because i bait <laughs> him a lot and he is yet to be mean so i'm assuming he's doing it in private but yeah um travis may sorry um works of rotoviz now i believe he has more of a holistic overall career pro- so it might affect his or he might have to make more adjustments for it than someone some freaking yahoo like me who's just like age 18 is all that matters baby and um, not really but you get it um thoughts on bateman he's great shut up jake uh <laughs> but yeah jake wants to hear your thoughts on bateman if you want to and he's in my top tier as well i have a pretty substantial heavy tier one in my wide receiver rankings and like they're all in it like i like them all i now, want them all
1: so and B- bateman's in there bateman's at the at the top of my second tier and it's it's funny watching hate him it, but... no, it's funny watching him because you can you can watch him have a game so I, I watched he had a 177 yard game he had 16 catches and at the end of the game i was like What did I, he didn't do anything. What did I just watch? But, but the more you, the more you watch Bateman, I think the more you (laughs) understand, well, the more you understand that he just does everything really well. And, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's, it's one of those where Bateman can chameleon. He can win from the slot. He can win from the outside. Um, He can, he can play on the sideline, you know, toe tap and back shoulder he attacks zones very well. I, I really don't see very much other than I don't think he ever feels fast. And sometimes that makes his routes, you know, long to develop. He, you know, he, he takes his time with that. But, man, don't no, you, I, Don't you think it's weird when it, whenever a player
0: is underproductive, the excuse, the second excuse I always hear is, but they had good players on their team. But the minute a player is productive... like everyone forgets to check. It's almost like they have no process, but Bateman was doing this with Tyler Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Yeah. And again, I know he went in the sixth round to Tampa Bay. He has a super bowl now and everyone knows he's good. So it's a little bit after the fact, but there was real questions of him coming into last year and he did get low draft capital. And the fact that Bateman was literally co-opting so much of a large share of the offense with a player, whether you think he's as good as his super bowl ring or not, he has a super bowl ring, by the way. (laughs) Um, he was doing it with another player, co opting like a huge part of the offense. And again, we don't see that very often, even in college. And um, right. it, it's, it's, is Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson both good? Yeah. And it's really impressive that Justin Jefferson did it with an Adam Thielen. Like it's an extra plus, at least in my mind. Like, does that do anything for you to move him up from that second, I hate these guys tier for you?
1: <laughs> Andy, I hate these guys too. No, like I, I, I think that he's, I think he's a good player. But, but going back and watching the the 2019 stuff and the 2018 stuff from Bateman, most of what I'm impressed with is Tyler Johnson. Like Tyler, because he's awesome. Looked, I mean, you don't he, get a Super Bowl ring for not being he, awesome. He, he, he was the best receiver on that team. For both of those years, 2018 and 2019, Tyler Johnson was the best receiver in Minnesota. Last year, or this past year, obviously Bateman was there on his own, you know, took another step forward, looked great. Even last year, he was he was fantastic, but still, my eyeballs say Tyler Johnson was more of the player that I was looking for. The thing though that I love about Rashad Bateman and I mean if this is this doesn't show up in in your numbers and it it may not even matter but Bateman pays attention to like little details even so much where like when he releases off the line on a play that is a run or or something that's on the other side he releases hard and decoys the corner and takes that guy out of the play which I mean it, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but that means he's locked and loaded on every single play, and he is doing exactly what he needs to do on every single play, and I like that for a mentality for for a player. And yeah. I guess this is a long-winded way of saying if you got a favorite follow or
0: favorite content creator, believe it or not. Drop a like on their video, go subscribe to the Dynasty Dummies. Like, that's what we get out of it, and we really appreciate it. And it seems stupid, but it honestly helps motivate you through because yeah. it's rough, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't want to do it by yourself, we just need to know you're out there doing it with us. That's it. So, right. yeah, and um, Stephanie Smalls out there growing, J Mike Check, that we just mentioned, who's on the Dynasty Dummies a lot. I mean, too many good people are aging out. (laughs) It's thinking, you know what? For free, I got a kid. And that's actually. And uh, so, yeah, uh, by all means, go check him out. Definitely check out the Dynasty Dummies, which,
1: yeah, man, any parting words? Uh, no, I like this was this was an absolute blast, and I, I can't wait to to go at you again a little later on in the in the process. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man, and uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on.
0: Uh, this whatever I guess this is a different thing, but not really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really appreciate it, and thanks to everyone for checking us out for any length of time that you did um yeah yeah take care stay safe and uh we're getting out of here so bye i guess
1: i i have no good ending it's just kind of like yeah. always sit back and just go Peace. see ya
2: yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold run phone, so jake on the table and nate on the plate. though peter enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, shit got that eye, eye like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads, chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road go, clicking a poll, twitter is gold, play run fold, so, Jake on the table and in, they the to plays, though, Pete and Numa is the plays, they're analytical, chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go, click in a poll, twitter is gold, play run fold, so, Jake on the table and in, they the to plays, though, Pete and Numa is the plays, they analytical.